thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you. Hey, let's give Pastor Paul Barker a big hand. He did a great job. Uh, More on the series Becoming Radiant in just a moment. But before we do that, let's just turn this into a prayer meeting. And I just want us to pray for uh, the globe right now. Pray for this conflict in Israel. Can we do that? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come before you as Radiant Church. And we ask, Lord, that you would be at work in this very difficult moment. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, for uh, believers uh, in Israel. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are um, God and you are king. And we place this into your hands. You are sovereign and you are good. And we believe that our small prayers here in the United States make a difference. And so we just do what we can by praying. And we ask, Lord Jesus, do do more than we can fathom. Be at work in ways that we can't comprehend. We pray, Lord God, for uh, strength and protection uh, for those who are hurt. Uh, We pray for those who have lost loved ones. God, would you bring, uh, would you comfort, would you be close to the brokenhearted? We love you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that you are good in the midst of this chaos, we pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, it's great to see all of you. Uh, Thanks for coming to church today. Let me just kind of give you context of this series that we're in called Becoming Radiant. I loved the moment... in September, when we had our, uh, our, our uh, anniversary, celebrating seven years, and then on the day that was the actual seven year to the day, uh, the Bible app uh, has a verse of the day, and, and they, the, the verse that they put out was Psalm 34, 5, those who, uh, the, <laughs> those who look to him are radiant, they will ne- their faces are never covered with shame, and I had, I, I would guess nine people screenshot it, send it to me and say, hey, our church verse, which I loved that. I, I don't know that I ever thought that we had a church verse, but, but because our church is Radiant Church and because we talk about that verse so much, those looks are radiant, their faces never cover shame. I had like nine people. And so, um, so I love that. And I, and I decided at that moment that there's another verse that I desire for us to lasso in and pull in and make a church verse too. And it's, it's Ephesians 5, And it's the one that you just heard on the video. I'm going to read it again. And so we formed this series called Becoming Radiant. And it's, 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 I would call Psalm 34, five, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered shame. I call that like a grace verse. I mean, it's the idea of those who look to him. And, and even in the context, it's the brokenhearted, it's the weak, those who need to be rescued and he covers them. He, and their faces are never covered with shame. It's a, it's a beautiful verse. This Ephesians 5 text is a little bit different. This is really a holiness verse. And I know a lot of you got scared when I even say the word holiness, all right? But I think this is one of the things that needs to mark our church. I think it's one of the things that the church of Jesus Christ needs to be in the midst of this hour. I think that we live in a culture of darkness and we're called to be a colony of light uh, in the middle of a very challenging time to live. And so uh, I wanna read this text again. I know it was just read in the video. And then um, 
what we're doing is we're, I, I'm naming some of what I see as the cultural, cultural norms, some of the ways that the culture behaves. And then I'm saying a way for us as a radiant church to fight against that. So uh, the first one that we're dealing with that we dealt with last week uh, was cynicism. Because I think it's easy uh, for us to be in a cynical culture and let cynicism creep into the church. And I didn't finish last week. I got so excited that I just, la, 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 and I, I didn't finish. And so everybody, I'm going to finish that today. Uh, and so, um, <laughs> so we're going to keep going on this idea. And some of you were cynical about that. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> um, so I want to read Ephesians 5. And that's the, that's the banner verse of what we're working on because we're going after becoming a radiant church. But then we're going to highlight underneath that this idea of being a people that celebrate kingdom celebration instead of cultural cynicism. When we look at the way that, the, that Yahweh does relationship with the people of God in the Old Testament, when we look at the way that the people of God, the church in the New Testament, when we look in the future that this thing ends with the wedding supper of the Lamb, there's a celebration thread that runs through who we are as the people of God. And so we're going to go after that idea. So Ephesians 5 says this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave him up, himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a... That was so bad. I mean... <laughs> That was awful. On a one to 10, that was a two. All right, so here we go. And to present her to himself as a? Radiant. Oh, as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you would be at work in your people and that you would make us radiant. Not our strength or our commitment or even our grit but the work of God supernaturally inside of a people that causes weak, broken people to start to become more like Christ. We pray, Lord, that we would be set apart and different. We pray, Lord God, that you would mark us as a holy people, a people who, when the, the world around us is wrestling with so much immorality and hate and apathy and cynicism, and anger, and selfishness, that we would be a people of love, and joy, and peace, and celebration, delight, joy, and courage. We honor you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. I love the way that Paul says in Philippians 4, celebrate God all day. Every day, I mean revel in him. So that's a message paraphrase. Most of us know rejoice, and again, I say rejoice, but I like the way that paraphrase hits that word celebrate. I like the way that Jesus, at the end of the parable in Luke 15, when he's talking about what his father is like, you know the story where he talks about the lost coin, lost sheep, lost son, and at the end, Jesus gives, we did a whole series last year on that parable, but I want to highlight the verse where Jesus has a conversation with the older brother who refuses to join the celebration. He's so bugged at the behavior of his brother that though the father is throwing a celebration, the son refuses to join in his party. So you might be throwing a celebration, but I'm not throwing it. And here's what the father says. 
He says to the son, we had to celebrate. We had to celebrate because this brother of yours was lost and now he's found. He's dead, but now he's alive. Kill the fattened calf. Let's go. It's time to celebrate. We had to celebrate. That's what I'm double clicking today. We had to celebrate. We had to celebrate. We had to celebrate. There's people today that say, hey, Radiant, stop spending so much money on muffins and donuts on the day of baptism. And to that, I reply, we had to celebrate. People that say, hey, I go to Radiant all the time. You guys always find a reason to have donuts or barbecue or something. And I say, because we're all about Lost people being rescued and rescued people being transformed and transformed people being empowered and empowered people becoming radiant. We see people who don't know Jesus getting saved and we had to celebrate. And there were people that were lost. Now they're saved. Now they're making disciples in a small group at Starbucks. And two years ago, they were addicted to immorality. And so we celebrated 47 small group leaders because those leaders are giving up of their time instead of watching Netflix every night. Hey, 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 we had to celebrate. So there's people all the time that are saying with a little bit of cynicism, hey, I don't like this. I don't like that. Here's what cynicism is at its core. At its core, it's easy for us to do what the culture does. The culture does not trust God. The culture does not trust others. The people of God trust God. The people of God have chosen to trust people that are followers of God. The people of God often get hurt by trusting and then define their experience as the reason why they are now cynical. So instead of what God, who God is, what God has done, and a willingness to absorb that pain, forgive and trust again, then they have license and they have reason to be cynical. So the culture, you and I live in a time where the culture gets extremely cynical. You, li- you and I live in a time where people are isolated. They are hyper-informed because they have something called Google. And they think, I am the informed one. So I'm isolated, but I have the feeling of connectedness, of community, even if it's just a comment or because I see what other people are doing all the, all the time. So I might not know heart motive, and I might not know them personally, but I have the appearance of thinking that I know them because I have seen their stories. And so I think, oh yeah, the, everything they put on those stories is exactly their real life. Ha, cynicism right there. Informed, I'm living the information age. And here's what often happens. I'm intelligent. I'm, I, I understand the way the world is. And then it leads to a place of irritation. So I'm... I'm informed, I'm intelligent. And the same way that we see a, a, a problem in our culture with cynicism, it can come into the church to where the cultural norm becomes common in the kingdom outpost, the place that is supposed to celebrate what the king celebrates, the place that is the domain of the king where Jesus is, is Lord, where Jesus is Savior, where Jesus is center, where Jesus is the one who is forming the culture. And it's easy to create excuses and reasons why, well, let me give you the justification why I'm cynical in the church instead of transformed by Christ. 
and you've got your story. I've got mine. I've got stories, <laughs> and I'm not going to tell them because then I would just be a cynic up here telling you my stories. But you've got them. I've got them. I, I was thinking about if I were to make up a conversation where I could be cynical. My dad pastored mm, in the 80s, baby. And I think I have an argument of dad 40 years later. Let me tell you how much harder it is in 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. P- passing notes in the 80s. Let me, people passing notes in church. Let me tell you what it's like to fight against the entire internet, right? Like I think... I think I could give stories about walking through 2020 with uh, standing in this lobby with people of all kinds of different stories and, 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 and just the challenges and the pain. And it's tempting, it would be tempting for me to take those stories, to take those experiences, to go do my, my own research and to become cynical and jaded. And I just want to tell you, all of us, especially in the information age, especially because we have the ability to feel connected when we're actually disconnected. I think whether it's your former employer, your former church, all of us have ways that we have a tendency to slowly justify cynicism. The intriguing part about this older brother is he's got a story. He's got something that he even says he wants that he's not getting. And you know what it is? It's his own party. So the father is throwing a celebration. The father is saying, hey, we had to celebrate. Here's what I celebrate. I celebrate my boy who's come home. And he, the the older brother says, you never even gave me a young goat so that I could have a party with my friends. Hold on. He's trying to create a different celebration. I I want to celebrate something else. I don't want to celebrate what you celebrate. I want to celebrate what I want to celebrate. One of the things the enemy will try to do in you is to get you to create something else that you celebrate. And in time, you're not celebrating what God's celebrating. You're celebrating what you want to celebrate. But you live in an individualistic society where that's the norm. And so it's easy then to shuffle into the church or in your car, your moment to be with God, potentially if you're by yourself, or your moment in your marriage, or your moment to disciple your family, or your moment to be around friends, and all of the kingdom things to get sideswiped by something else. It's easy to say, it's, let me, let's celebrate. Here's what I want to celebrate. And I think in so doing, it's easy to become just like the older brother, not join the party that the father's throwing. We find Jesus frequently even talking about the way of the kingdom as a, as a party, as a wedding banquet. We, 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 we look at Revelation. We see this thing ends in celebration. We read uh, about the way that there's seven feasts in the Old Testament where Yahweh desires a celebration with his people so that it doesn't matter if they are being pulled out of Egypt and in the wilderness, they're a wilderness people, but there's a celebration with their God. Look what God has done. Let's have a Passover where we celebrate that there was a day where the angel passed over and my child did not die. And the, let's celebrate the Passover. Let's, there's seven different feasts where God is saying, hey, remember what I have done. Remember Yahweh. Remember God. 
or if you end up in the promised land, or if you end up in exile in Babylon, we're a celebration people. And I want to invite us today to in the middle of a culture that is cynical. I don't really, I don't really trust. I trust me. I trust, I trust my abilities. I've been hurt before. I've got a I've got access to the internet so I can go do my own research. I don't trust you. 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 And ultimately, I don't even really trust God to be a people. Though you go through hard times. Though people hurt you. Though, though there's some significant valleys and I am not belittling them. Nor am I pretending that they're not real and that we don't deal with real issues. But in the real pain and we really deal with real issues, we are also a celebration people that say, I will celebrate. I will celebrate my God. I will stand in the congregation and I will celebrate. I will praise. I will sing. I will dance. I will declare worthy, holy, awesome. Heavenly seen forever declares he is awesome. He is holy. Way back in Genesis 1 and 2, God was saying, creating creation, and he was creating it before there was ever sin in the world. It is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. And though I am in a trial, and though people have hurt me, and though the finances might not be there, and though this person I thought I could trust, I surely can't, I, I, they God, I will celebrate you, and I will trust God. And I will celebrate, I will celebrate my God. That's where I'm aiming. And I know when I say this, I think it's easy for you and I to think it's actually really hard. It's hard to celebrate and it's easy to be cynical. So I want to give you a few thoughts on how celebration can grow easy for you. I think you can get to a place where you could go, celebration is easy. Whoa. Yeah, it's, 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 it's in how you think. It's in how you dialogue with God. It's in how you see the world. It's how you relate. And I want to invite us to take steps. First is this. Celebration is easy when we build deep relationship. When we have deep relationship. Think about the father looking at the son, the older brother saying, we had to celebrate. Why? Because that's my boy. We had to celebrate because he's home. We had to celebrate. There's a relationship that's thick. It's what I delight in. And I want to invite you if you have deep relationship with God, deep relationship with the people of God, deep relationship with the cause of God, what God is doing on the planet, you will find yourself having a greater ability and desire to celebrate. So I'm going to give you the thought on two different weddings, all right? All right, you say weddings and some people get excited, right? The ladies are like, yeah, let's go. Come on, cake and it's fun, you know? And the guy's like, oh, oh Lord, it's a Saturday. <laughs> you know, like my brother uh, got married uh, and I was the best man. And uh, so I loved celebrating my brother because the relationship was close. 
So because the relationship was close, I put time and attention into it. So as the best man, I created a moment where we, we and me and the groomsmen, we, we blindfolded him and then we helped him hike up a mountain. We got to the top of the mountain and we said, see, you hiked a mountain blindfolded because you depended on your brothers. We're here for you. Gave him a sword on the sword. It was engraved. Love the brotherhood. I might've taken this, the verse out of context, but I went with it. Love the brotherhood. Handed him a sword. We prayed over him. Oh God, da, 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 the top of the mountain. Then I took him to a park and said, all right, I, I had um, five guys come and they wore black uh, t-shirts and, and I put a sign on them and it said uh, on each one guy said lust one guy said greed one guy said pride one guy said longhorns no I'm just kidding uh, like <laughs> all right there it is that's fun um, and then we play and then and then I had Dan my brother play one on five against those five guys to which he got demolished and then I took all the other seven uh, groomsmen plus me plus Dan and it was nine on five and then we demolished them. And then I gave another lesson. See, you can defeat these things if you got your brothers, right? Time, attention, right? Always a preacher, all right? Even doing, <laughs> even doing little sermons to my little brother. But anyway, and, and, and create, I put time and I was there early and, I, and I, I've celebrated and it was big. I care. Let's work on it. Let's celebrate. Let's make it fun. Let's buy, let's buy a big sword, right? Yes. Brother, relate it. Let's my, let's my, my brother's only getting married once. Let's make it awesome, right? Or another time, Renata's friend that I didn't know was getting married to a guy I'd never met. And Renata and I went to a wedding in Arkansas, which was a big sacrifice. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I just remember asking her, can we go late? Is it possible to leave early? Maybe sit in the back, right? Why? I don't know these people. I just, same celebration, different relationship. It's possible for us to look at a Sunday celebration, a baptism celebration. Um, people that have found freedom and been set free from something and you just kind of look at it as their problem. But, but as you get close and you build that relationship with God, and as you invest your time in a way that's different than the way that the culture invests their time to where you care about people, so you're actually making disciples. So, so, so my daughter, Olivia, uh, she just had a, a victory in, in winning a, um, an election, and I'm very proud. And her small group leader sends her a card saying, congratulations. There's some, what, what, what is that? That's that 29-year-old mom of young children investing in 17 year old girls. And instead of just watching endless reruns of Seinfeld, she's taking her Tuesdays, her Mondays, and she's investing in girls, helping them know Jesus. So their, their victory is, is celebrated by her. So, so I'm, I'm, I, 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 it takes up affection, real estate, allegiance, love, um, commitment in my heart and build relationship with God. I build relationship with the people of God and I'm building relationship with what God's doing, the the people that I'm trying to reach so that when there are moments where someone takes spiritual steps, when there are moments where kingdom things happen, what God celebrates, what God delights in, what God enjoys, what God commanded, when great commission things happen, I am so celebrating that because the relationship is close because I'm close to my God 
And because I'm close to my God, I'm, I'm close to his people. And because I'm close to his people, I'm close to his cause. And I'm working on those things happening. So, so the relationship creates a moment where let's celebrate. Let's, let's come into the house of God and declare great, worthy, awesome. Let's celebrate the baptisms. Let's celebrate salvations. Let's, let's celebrate. Let's, when we say there's 47 new small group leaders, easy to be like, yeah, yeah, what's great. Well, uh, what's he talking about? What's a small group leader? I don't know. Or if you're close, oh, that guy, we'll call him Tom. Three years ago, he was addicted to immorality and filled with rage. And then he sat in a group he, God started to work inside of him and somebody took their time to be with him and they gave up time. They could have been watching sports center to sit maybe on a zoom call and just pray and be with people and connect with them. And then th that person found freedom from that thing. And then we have a small group where there's a guy that then he found freedom in that area. And now he invests in helping other guys find freedom in that area. And so when you say, a if you're disconnected and there's no relationship, you get cynical. Well, this, that, they're just about the numbers. This is the number 47. Or you know the people, you care about what's going on. You care about the teenagers that are now going to get set free because of this person who's discipling them. And you look at the whole thing, same way that Paul would say, I celebrate you. And then the way that you help them. And then now entrust into reliable people, people that will do that. And, and hey, oh, and 47 small group leaders mean something to you. It's, it's relationship. It's I'm going to get in close. But if you're disconnected, if you stay, if you keep it at a distance, you won't celebrate. So I love Psalm 122 where it says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. I was glad. Now I know what it's like and so do you to wake up on a Sunday and say, I was depressed unto me that I had to go into the house of God. I was bored with the idea of going to the house of God. I was tolerating the coffee and the people in the house of God. Here's the vision. Apart from coffee, apart from how nice your seat is, no matter where we meet, no matter, there's a relationship. God is worth worshiping. God, he rescued me. He transformed me. He's filled me with, super, filled me with supernatural power. He's given me a purpose. I'm living for something bigger than my own comfort. <sighs> I can't wait to stand in the congregation and say, thank you. Thank you. You are good. You are good. Oh, yeah. Rest on us. Come rest on us. Spirit is moving over the water. Yeah. Oh. Demands my soul, my life. Yes. Demands the love of Christ that transformed me. The love of Christ. He went to a cross in my place. I sang that song when I was eight. I watched my dad's tears on that song. Why are we singing some old songs? Because I'm addicted to some of those old songs. Because it's a rally cry. Demons my soul, my life. I'm in. Worthy is the Lamb. Awesome is my God. 
God, you're better than college football. God, you're better than the NFL. God, you're better than a big house. God, you're better than a big portfolio. God, you're better than a perfect lawn. God demands my soul, my life. I'm going to celebrate my God. You will be cynical if you're low on relationship. You get high on relationship with God, the people of God, and the cause of God. You'll watch your cynicism start to go down. And you will be defiant in a culture that mocks it. Why would you go on a Sunday? I celebrate that you are here. You are defying against a culture that right now puts so much in front of you and you have so much stress and you have so much going on. And you do. I'm blown away. Like in our age, we have so much going. We squeeze out God just because the abundance of opportunities that we have to make more money, to have more hobbies, to do more things, to just get better abs. Like there's so many things that could keep you from being here. But when you come in, you're standing and you're in a cynical culture that says, don't trust God and don't trust people. You're saying, I'm gonna trust again. Worthy, awesome. I love him. I love you. And I love God at work in the world. And I celebrate. I'll celebrate again. I'll celebrate little Johnny got baptized. I'll celebrate so-and-so got delivered from some form of oppression that was keeping them. I will celebrate when somebody's spiritual gift is articulated. And so then they're able to step on and do something with their life rather than just waste it. I'll celebrate. And so my dream is that at Radiant Church, there'd be a life-giving place where people would look forward to it, where people would say, I love being here, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house and let's declare, thank you. I love you. Let's go reach the world. That's the vision. That's the dream. So celebration doesn't have to be hard. Celebration is actually easy when you see the good. It's easy to see the bad. It's easy to be critical. And a lot of people try to take their past experiences, how people hurt them, or their personality to justify criticism and cynicism and why they don't trust. We are people. I'm not saying we, that we pretend that, uh, that we live in a fog. I'm not saying that we, don't, that we don't face reality. But we are a people that see the good. We are a people that are able to see God at work in the world. So we got to see it so we can say it, so we can celebrate it. See it. You got you to look for it. Your tendency is always to see what's bad. Your tendency is always to be critical. Your tendency is always to say, well, and especially with people. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He does not change. He's the one he created and said, it is good, 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 it is good. He's a good God. He creates good things. Sin enters the world. There's real warfare. Oh, we're one of those churches that believes there's real spiritual warfare. Yes, we are. Okay. There's real warfare. There's really a fight. When Paul talks in Ephesians 6 about that we're in a spiritual battle, we really believe it. You mean we really do fight against principalities and demons and all that? (laughs) According to Paul in Ephesians, yeah. There's real pain. There's real warfare. I'm not saying those things aren't real. Those things are real. That's another series. Here's this series. I'm going to see the good and I'm going to celebrate the good. 
Instead of focusing in on the bad and always verbalizing it, I'm gonna see where's God at work. Well, you know, I don't know why they, no, well, that's just gonna, I'm gonna stop that. See the good. When um, you tend to see whatever you're looking for. If you're, whatever you're looking for, you, you, you tend to find. If you're looking for the good you, and, and you're asking God, open up my eyes. Give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation that I might know you better. Open up the eyes of my heart. God, help me see God. And help me see God at work in the world. So then it's not just your physical eyes, it's your spiritual eyes. God, what are you doing? When we, uh, when, when we first moved here, um, Renata and I, uh, uh, and we started the church, uh, Renata and I had zero knowledge of trucks, all right? So we had never owned a truck. Trucks were not a part of our lives until, until this church. But suddenly, because we had portable church and it took trucks and trailers, trucks became a big part of the conversation. I started for a season, I was driving a big white truck. We drove trucks. And so all of a sudden, Renata and I are having conversations about, ooh, well, that's an F-250. Ooh, that's an F-350. That's going to cost a little more. But ooh, did you see? And on the road, we'd say, did you see that F-350? It has dualies. Ooh, dualies, right? Like, mm, right? Like F-450. Well, I remember one time I was like, ooh, I wonder how many 50s there are. Like, right? Like, it was just like, uh, we became, so we start on the road, you start to see trucks. Trucks never been a part of our lives. We start to see it. Well, then uh, <laughs> all of a sudden you got Nick and he's handling trucks and trailers and we're looking for a building. Well, we never thought about buildings before, but now, man, buildings are the conversation. Now it's like, oh, we would see every empty building and be like, now that could be a church. That could be, now that could be a church. In fact, sometimes we'd see a big box that was still a store and we'd be like, ooh, can't you buy all that at Amazon? Now that could be a church, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, just buildings. And so what you used to just drive by all of a sudden, see, now God's given us this miracle building. Right now our conversation is about signs. <laughs> now it's like, ooh, look at the way that sign lights up. Ooh, I like that. Ooh. That, that's, that's a white sign. Now that's a dark sign. Now, I like that font. I didn't even know the word font three years ago, but now it's like, oh, I like that font. That's good, right? And if, if it was backlit, lit, how big should it be? And right, why? It's because it's what we're looking for. Things that you just, just go by. Now we see whatever you're intentionally looking for, whatever you're thinking about. So Paul says in Philippians 4, whatever is good, think on these things. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, think on these things. And if you will think on it and search for it and look for it and celebrate it, celebrate the good. If you can see it, you can say it, you can celebrate it. My mom gave me a mug. It says, celebrate the good, right? I thought it was just for coffee, like, mm, celebrate this, right? But it's actually this idea, celebrate the good. Celebrate God at work in the world. So God, what are you doing in my life? God, what are you doing in my marriage? God, what are you doing in my family? And then if you'll, if you'll start to sell it, say it, and then celebrate it, see God at work. All right, um, last idea is this. Celebration is or becomes easy when we're connected to a kingdom cause. So when you are connected to what God is doing and you are and I'm going to say relationally connected. You're able to even verbalize what your role is and the, the part that you play. 
you will be surprised at the, the, greater, love, the greater ease to celebrate. Silly illustration, but I'm gonna say it this way. Uh, in June of this year, the Denver Nuggets won the NBA championship. And for 16 years prior to moving here, I used to go to Nugget games. Before I had children, I had the same group of guys that I would, I would take, I would took, the way I celebrated my staff is we would go to, to Nugget games. I was all into it. On the night that they won the championship, Monday night, game five, I saw the score by myself, went to bed. No post, no thought, no, sweet, nothing. It was but there was a day where some of my friends have videos of me freaking out at Nuggets games, going crazy. And when I saw on socials, my old friends, like a bunch of children near tears, oh, it's never happened before. They're going crazy in the streets. Nugget nation. It's alive in them. But it, it, I've been disconnected for years. Some of you think the people here are crazy because they stand and they celebrate. Some of you think people are crazy because they sit on Zoom calls and make disciples. Some of you think it's nuts when a parent makes a bigger deal about their child's baptism than they do about the first place trophy. Here's what I invite you to. Get connected to God. Start to see God at work in the world get connected to what your spiritual gifts are, what God's called you to do, the role that you play with the kingdom cause, and you'll be surprised how celebration starts to erupt. Get connected to the word of God, what God has done in history, what God is doing right now, what God is doing in your life, what God is doing in our church, what God is doing in Kansas City, and you'll be surprised. Celebration. What I'm not saying is I'm not advocating for some kind of form of um, external behavior. I'm not talking about that. Like, hey, let's compare church to sports all the time. But I am talking like external. I am talking about an internal celebration. Heart. When Renata celebrates, it looks like this. Angelic. When David celebrates, it's mm, right? Like, it's a little bit different. It's more external. So there are things that are just behavioral because we got different personalities, but I'm talking about allegiance, alive, what's going on in here. That's what I'm aiming at. You and I celebrating Yahweh. You and I celebrating Christ has died and Christ is risen and Christ will come again. It's the narrative that we bend our lives around. It's the God that we celebrate. And we live in a culture that is cynical about celebration around Christ. We live in a culture that's cynical about Christ at all. So when you come here on a Sunday, you're being a defiant disciple. And I celebrate you. Good job. And I want to invite you through your week. Jesus, I want to be close. I want close relationship with you. Jesus, I want to be close to the people of God. I want relationship with the people of God. Jesus, I want to be connected to what my role is, what you've called me to do. I can't do everything, but I can do something. I'm not the entire body of Christ, but I'm a part of the body. Whether you see yourself as an eyelid, the brain, a toenail, something, like you're, you, play, you play a part. I want to play my part, God. I'm connected to what you're doing. And then I, I do want to invite you with all my heart to 
stand in a cynical culture that justifies it. Don't let it creep into this church. Let's be a radiant people that celebrates our God, celebrates with the way that we live our lives. And I'll just close with this thought. Um, yesterday, I was flying home. Uh, I spoke at a youth conference on the night before. 46, everybody. Still, still youth preacher. What's up? And, uh, and, my, and I, I was connecting through Chicago and this is a confession. I might be confessing my sin here, but um, I watched my team win in an airport sports bar. And I, yesterday, was like, what's up? Like I was by myself, alone, in the sea terminal at O'Hare. And I started dancing. I'm like, that's so, so, that's so. <laughs> And I looked over and I saw this guy. He looked at me and he turned like this. And right there on his shirt, it said Sooners. And I couldn't, I just walked over to him like, like mm, mm. our team had just won. And I went, I instigated fist bump with a stranger, me, your pastor. Now, here's why I tell you that. Silly, but celebratory, real. And my dream is that inside of my heart, I would not celebrate a team that doesn't know me or care more than my God who rescued me and transformed me, gave me new life, hope. Every day is what I lean on, what I need. So I wanna be like you where I celebrate. And I'm not defining your external celebration. I am talking about an internal and you celebrate how you want, but just get that in. I will become even more indignified. I, I will celebrate unto my God. What God celebrates, I celebrate. The father's throwing a party. Mm, I'm in. I celebrate what he celebrates. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, it, I'll tell you what season we're in, in the church age. We're in the season where Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I'm with you to the end of time. That's, that's our, march, our marching orders. And I'm telling you, when, when, rescued, when lost people get rescued, heaven celebrates. When rescued people get discipled, or we use the, the language out of Hebrews, transformed. When they're transformed. When, when transformed people, discipled people, pastored people get filled with the power of God. They know how they're gifted. They know their role. And they're like sacrificially laying their life down to go do their part and be a part of what God's doing on the planet. I think heaven celebrates. And I know we got 10,000 other things pulling on our attention. Just go celebrate some other things. And I am not saying those things aren't okay. And I am talking about this is, this, this, is, this is what caused me to rejoice. This is what caused me to celebrate. Whatever the king is celebrating, I in the kingdom, the domain of the king, he's my Lord. That's what I celebrate. Amen? Amen. Will you just stretch out your hands like this and let me pray for you? Father, we pray, Lord Jesus, that we would become a culture of celebration and a culture of cynicism. I pray for 
what Jesus, King of the nations, cares about, we would care about. God left to our own, we will be just like the culture. It is our normal way to just slide into a cultural norm. And we ask that you, Holy Spirit, be at work in our hearts and our lives so that we look like Christ. So that what Jesus cares about, we care about and we celebrate. Jesus, we give your lives today. We wanna be a radiant church. I love this phrase. We wanna be a colony of light in a dark time. We need you to be our light. Our own strength, our own abilities, our own skills, gifts, and talents will fall short. We need God, supernatural activity, God. We need you at work. Come, come, turn us into a radiant church. We wanna become radiant, holy, set apart, like looking like our God. Shining light, Jesus, to our dark world. Shining like bright stars in a wicked and depraved generation. Do it in us. Little miracles along the way. If you're in the room today and you would like to make Jesus the Lord of your life and you want him to be your king and your God, the good news is this. No matter how weak, broken, messed up, addicted, filled with hate or bitter you currently are, Jesus will save you. Jesus will change you or transform you. Jesus will become your savior. So today, if you wanna go on that journey and have Jesus be your savior, it's a gift that he gives called salvation. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, it's a gift he wants to give you is eternal life in Christ. If you wanna receive that free gift today, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer. Jesus, save me. I give you my life. Make me a new person. Be my savior. I wanna spend eternity with you. Do a fresh work inside of me, God. I give you everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, uh, we are so excited to go on the journey with you. And I wanna invite you, there's a card in your seat. And if you would fill that out and drop it in the buckets as they pass here in about 60 seconds, two minutes. I'll pray a long time so that you have enough time to fill out the card. Uh, and drop that in, that would be great. And then if you want to, you could also drop it off at the info booth or you could bring it to some of the people up here that'll come up here at the very end and we'd love to pray with you. Any of those ways would work, but we wanna go on that journey with you. All right, hey, Randy, can we give a big hand to everybody that just said yes to following Jesus? So great, amen. Celebrate, yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in this house. Jesus, have your way. Jesus, be number one in our lives and in our marriages. Be number one in our children. Be number one, be first place. God, we celebrate the things of God. We celebrate you. You saved us. You redeemed us. 
You rescued us when we were in a pit. You pulled us out. When we were addicted and angry and broken and bitter, God, you transformed us. You are our God. So we celebrate you above all things. God, take what we give. Use it. God, help us to be your radiant light in a city that needs God, in a generation that needs Jesus. We love you. We honor you in Jesus.